Hey guys, Joshua Miller here. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. It doesn't cost a thing to download. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, and many, many more. It automatically will send them to those. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You don't have to click and drag from one to another and have several open and use it. It's all in one place for you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks. Have a great day. Great. This the light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This the light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This the light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. So if you've been following along with us for any time, you'll have known that we've been in a series at Victory Baptist Church. I've been filling in over there, and we've been in a series, and I kind of like a series because it keeps us together and uh, keeps us on track throughout the Word of God. If all of us as a group studying and we know where we're going to be the next week helps us to keep track of where we are, build each other up. We're able to ask questions to each other and figure things out and learn together. And even if we may have, someone may have missed a service, but you know where the next Sunday is going to be most likely. We're going verse by verse. And normally it's a, uh, we look at a chapter a week. And if there's anything in that chapter we don't cover in the sermon, you'll go back for homework and you'll go back through the week and read the rest of that chapter and study what was in it that we may have not covered. 
in the sermon. So that's very good and it helps strengthen the body of Christ doing it that way. And you cover things that you might miss ordinarily. So that's what we've been doing. And that's what we're going to continue to do today. We're in Acts chapter 8. And we've been looking at the, the series is the Acts of the Holy Ghost. So we've been looking at the, and that's what Acts is really. The whole book of Acts shows the power of the Holy Ghost coming down and giving power to the apostles and, and the disciples. And then we see what all the mighty works that they did through God. So right here, we're going to look some of the miracles we've looked at. And of course, miracles can't happen without the Lord, right? We can't perform any miracles without the Holy Spirit. He's got His power because it's not actually in us, but it's through Him. And we've looked at, at uh, several already. But we have... Uh, the book starts with the visible appearance of Jesus after His death to the, the disciples. Then before their eyes, His ascension to heaven. Both of those are miracles. Pentecost, a miraculous visible manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the tongues of fire. Wonders and signs were done by the apostles. The healing of the lame man at the temple gate. This made a deep impression on the whole city. God answered prayer by an earthquake. Ananias and Sapphira died by a stroke from the Lord because they had lied. Signs and wonders by the apostles continued. Multitudes from surrounding cities were healed by Peter's shadow. And we'll see this. Uh, well, we've seen this. It, it reads just like the days of Jesus in Galilee. It was as if Jesus hadn't even left earth. The miracles kept happening. The lame man kept start, began walking. The blind were able to see. The sick were healed. Notice the sick were healed. And there were thousands coming to the Lord as to to know the Lord as their personal Lord and Savior. Prison doors were opened by an angel. Stephen wrought great wonders and signs. In Samaria, Philip did great miracles and signs. And multitudes believed. And that's where we're picking up today. And that's just, that's the uh, miracles we've looked at up to this point. And we, we can see the work of God and the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're looking at. And we hope that through this study of the Holy Ghost and the what the Holy, Holy Ghost is doing is uh, would, would encourage you and lift your spirits. Um, that's why he's here. He's called the Comforter. And help motivate us to exercise our faith through works in Christ Jesus and encourage others to trust Christ as their Lord and Savior also as we have done. And that's the goal for today. And I hope this will encourage you throughout the uh, through this Sunday morning. We uh, dedicate our time today in worship to the Lord. I pray that we'll continue in a mindset of worship to Him and reliance on Him. It's a daily thing. It's a step-by-step, moment-by-moment, and we exercise faith. It's a choice that we have. Are we going to trust Him? And are we going to serve Him? Are we going to rely on Him and get our put our faith and trust in Him. It's a daily choice to do, to follow Him as Christians. All right, so we uh, pick up here with uh, uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. 
is what we'll look at. Now, this is going to be one of the chapters probably where we won't look at every single verse in the chapter. You'll go back to study. All right, so we look at here a man named Saul. Saul was consenting unto his death, meaning Stephen's death. We looked at that last week, the death of Stephen. He did great and wonderful things. His sermon, we looked at his sermon and how he didn't hold any punches back. He uh, gave the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and he delivered it in boldness to the Jews. They didn't like it. They were convicted in the heart, and they began to bite on him with their teeth. And they wanted to really, they were really infuriated. And of course, Jesus said, they're not mad at you, but they're mad at me. But we will be persecuted because we follow Christ. So Stephen here was the first martyr, first one to be killed in the cause of Christ. And we see here now as man, which will become a very important figure. And we're beginning to shed light on him, who this person is now. And Saul was consenting unto his death, being Stephen. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church. This was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. We see that this was the church's first persecution. The church was probably a year or two old. The persecution lasted a few months, most likely, here, as we'll see. Paul was the leader in the persecution. But at, this is Saul we're looking at. Saul, and we know the story, Saul was converted, the Lord changed his name to Paul. He had two kinsmen who were already Christians, and if you look in Romans chapter 16, you'll see that. But the persecution set off by the stoning of Stephen was furious and severe. Saul, breathing threatenings and slaughter, laid waste to the church, dragging men and women into prison, beating them that believed, putting many to death, making havoc of the church beyond measure. The persecution resulted in the dispersion of the church. And in the Jerusalem church had become a formidable and mighty movement, pressing irresistibly on. Jesus' last command to the disciples was to proclaim the gospel to all the world. Now, in the providence of God, this persecution started the missionary work of the church. They had a uh, Listen to the apostles long enough to have fully learned the whole story of Jesus and his death and resurrection. Wherever they went, they carried the precious news. But you'll notice here in verse 1, it says, The apostles, however, too popular and too powerful to be persecuted, remained temporarily in Jerusalem to care for church headquarters. Later they traveled about. And we see here in verse 1 that it says that Saul was consenting unto his death, and at the time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, 
he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. This is a huge turning point for the church. We see there's building up, building up, building up, and the church is growing and growing and growing. Now it's still growing. And we're not done yet. But now the persecution comes down onto them, to the church. And Saul is the leader. He's the head of this persecution, according to the he's part of the Sanhedrin. And according to the priest, uh, there, the leaders there, Saul is sent out to wreak havoc on the church. Now he persecuted the church personally. He would go, he would arrest them, he would beat them, he would everything in his power, which his power at this point to do what he wanted was limitless. He would take them, and it didn't matter as we just read, men and women, he would take them. He said he entered into every house, and as we're doing here, we're having church service in our house. This is the way the church at the beginning, it started, and they began as Christians, was in their own homes. They began to meet in their house, in their living rooms, which would be mostly, the house was a one-room house most of the time, but they would meet in the house, the center of the house, wherever that would be, the courtyards, whatever, they would meet together and worship the Lord. And Saul started persecuting them. So he would enter into the house. He would come through the door. Here be the front door. Come in through, grab the Christians that were here worshiping the Lord and serving the Lord, and he would take them to prison. He would beat them, and if they didn't change their mind, then he would take them to prison. Then they would be persecuted further. Some would be put to death. Now this was a huge persecution. This was a serious, this was very severe. Wreaking havoc is how it's described. He made havoc of the church. That means that he tried to discourage every ounce of his power, trying to discourage the body of the Christians. And he tried to eliminate them is what he tried to do. He tried to put so much persecution that they would quit, that they would stop and decide, well, this is not worth it and we will stop. But the fact is that Christ is definitely worth it. He paid the ultimate price on the cross. He, uh, God gave his life for our sins and paid that ultimate price on the cross and shed his blood for our sins. We praise the Lord for that. And these disciples knew this. These Christians knew this. The apostles, the disciples, they had witnessed the Lord after he had died rise again. For over 40 days, he was on earth after he died. I don't think many people realize that, but he was on earth after he died 40 days. And he was seen by over 500 different people alive on earth. One of the 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 him eating with the eating with the disciples was after he had arisen and ascended out of the grave as he, after he had resurrected this persecution was there Saul being devout in what he, his beliefs and his faith being a very devout Jew 
he carried it out to the best of his ability. Now this was a very, very formidable opposition. But we'll see later on what the Lord has for him. So this is the context of what we're fixing to look at. Understand this, Saul began the persecution probably being fueled by Stephen and his boldness and, and assuming at the time with his fellow Sanhedrin that Stephen was a problem and he needed to take care of all those like him. That was That's what Saul was doing. That's what's happening. He began to wreak havoc on the church. That fueled him to take out everybody, every other Christian. Okay? That is where we're at right here. Verse 4. Therefore they were scattered abroad, went everywhere, preaching the word. That's interesting. They were being persecuted and being scattered because of persecution. But as they went, they went preaching. Praise the Lord. Now we look at this person here. His name is Philip. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So Philip, it being persecuted and directed at this moment to Jerusalem, and them being spread from Jerusalem, except for the apostles, they stayed at the first church. They stayed there directing. They stayed at the headquarters directing the church, keeping it alive, fueled and with solid leadership. They were scattered abroad, but as they went everywhere, they preached the word of God. And Philip was no exception. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began preaching. He declared the word of God. He wasn't afraid of Saul. He wasn't afraid of anyone else that may have uh, persecuted the Christians in any other way. He wasn't scared. He wasn't afraid. And he uh, began preaching with great success. Now we see that the miracles, he performed miracles also through the Holy Spirit. And verse 7 describes the miracles. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Unclean spirits crying with loud voice. The demons weren't able to resist the power of the Holy Ghost through Philip. Philip had a faith, 100% trust in, in the Lord as his Savior. He began to preach. He wasn't afraid. He had the boldness in Christ that was given to him. And he didn't waver in his faith. He kept pressing on, pressing towards the way. The Great Commission, by the way, remember Jesus said, Go into all the world to teach and preach to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He was submissive and obedient to the Word of God, the command that he had given. So he went, simply went and preached. And he first came to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Now we see the spirits were cast out, the demon possessed were were healed of the of the spirits that came out of them. The ones that were sick with palsy were they were healed. Those that were lame were healed, 
and he kept moving. It's just like seeing Jesus, seeing Jesus again on earth and healing everywhere he went. Remember, Jesus healed every place that he went. He went to different uh, cities. He went to Samaria, uh, Caesarea. He went to Galilee. He was from Nazareth. And everywhere he went, he healed and he taught. And we see the same thing going on. Jesus had said he had to leave for the Comforter to come, and the Comforter would teach you all things that you needed to know. And we see it coming, playing out right here with Philip. Philip being dedicated, we see, he what did he stood up in the face of adversity and he preached. There was even those there in verse 9 that practiced sorcery. You had those, the demons working and possessing people, but then you had those using sorcery also. And it says in verse 9, but, remember, verse 8 says, and there was great joy in that city. Verse 9, it said, but, there's a negativity there. There was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Here's a false teacher, a false prophet right here in the flesh. And he began to teach and trying to gain a crowd for himself and, of course, making money for himself and attracting attention and he wanted his power and fame. So we see this, but we're going to move on. That's your homework is to look at Simon the Sorcerer. All right, let's go up and we'll look at verse 26. So Philip is preaching in spite of the opposition. He's steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And we see this happening. Let's go to verse 26. Verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in the chariot. Read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Look what Philip does. He was just given a command, Go into this place, go into Gaza, and... The Spirit of the Lord said, Go near to join thyself. Let's look at his uh, enthusiasm as he went. Philip ran to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. Do we run when the Lord tells us something and gives us a, a job to do? Do we run with haste and excitement to fulfill his will and to please him? Do we run? Are we excited? Are we happy? As Philip, as happy as Philip was, he ran. He was excited. He was, he was, earning to see what the Lord had to had to do and what He was doing, what the works. He he was excited to be part of God, part of His work in the great movement of the church. And he saw him reading. So Philip asked him a question. Understand, understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you're reading? Do you know what you're reading? And the Ethiopian eunuch responds and he said, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer. 
so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And this is actually Isaiah chapter 53. Let's turn there real quick, and we'll read a few verses there. It says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground, of a dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, and for transgression of my people was he stricken. I think I think we know who we was speaking of here being the Lord Jesus. So Philip says verse 34 and the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Is it coming together now? And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. So we're wondering here, he preached to him Jesus. Let's see if the Ethiopian eunuch understands. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? How did he know he needed to be baptized anyway? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's it. It is simple. He heard the word of God and he heard the scriptures through Isaiah 53, speaking of Jesus being the Son of God and that he was... he was given, his life was given for a ransom for us. He died. He was rejected. He wasn't esteemed. He was counted as a lowly man. He died humbly as a sheep dumb to the slaughter. He was led away. The, the lamb doesn't know what's fixing to happen. The shepherd is leading and the sheep trusts that he will be taken care of. The sheep doesn't know. And God at the same time was, was leading Jesus as if a sheep was being led to the slaughter. He was being led for our sins. 
he, so he could take the sins of us, the whole world, upon himself. And the eunuch understood and, and believed, and he said, so there was this condition to be baptized. Being baptized is the outward expression of the inward soul, being that you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and you trust Him and you want to tell everyone around you that you're saved and you've trusted God. Baptism is how you do it. That's your first step to declaring the Word of God and that's the first step in proclaiming your faith in Christ and exercising your faith. Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they were come up out of the water, watch this, when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. I think the eunuch got it. He understood he was a Christian. He's a believer. At that point on, the Holy Spirit was leading him, leading that Ethiopian eunuch. And Philip was cast away in a blink of an eye. Gone. Philip was gone. The Spirit took him. And that's another miracle right there. We can't, uh, we're not transporter. We can't do that. But the Holy Spirit can. And Philip, just like that, was gone. But we had a new a new uh, salvation right here. And notice, notice this important key, how this right here, this is a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Worshiping God, but didn't know Jesus Christ as of yet. But notice his importance. This Ethiopian now saved. This was so key. Remember the Holy Spirit just took Philip and said, go do this. One job. Now pay attention how important one job is that God gives us. And whether the what hangs in the balance, whether we obey. Philip listened, of course, and he was excited and enthusiastic in obeying. And he went and he led this Ethiopian eunuch to Christ. He was studying and he served God, but he didn't quite understand scriptures because he didn't have the Holy Spirit. So he was shown Jesus Christ. He believed. He received the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the key right here to furthering the gospel. Notice this Ethiopian was from Africa. This was the moment in time that the gospel was spread to Africa. Spread out. From this point on, this is how Africa gained the knowledge of Jesus Christ was through this Ethiopian eunuch. This is how it was spread through that through that region. Was at this point right here. And just imagine, you know how large Africa is? This was the first step to that direction. And we praise God for Philip's obedience. We praise him, the Lord, and we uh we're thankful that we have the experience of Philip here that we can read and study. And I hope that it would support us and strengthen us in our walk with the Lord. hope this encourages us to, in our walk, you have a family. 
yeah, we're right now practicing social distancing and we're staying at home with our families and it's it's important time to, to strengthen that bond in Christ with each other, the family, strengthen it because what you are preparing to do, the benefits of now is that you're with your family, you are bonding and you need to strengthen each other in Christ so that you can go and spread the gospel, okay? With your family, it starts there. With your friends, co-workers, and it goes on and on from there. Your uh, classmates, it just keeps going. And we hope to uh, help in that regard. Let's, uh, we're now have invitation here again like I had mentioned earlier we want to uh, have a time if the Lord's convicting you he's speaking to you we ha- we want this time for us to be attentive to his word and his leading and his guiding okay don't let the the pressing of the Holy Spirit slip by we want to to be obedient in Him. And so I'm going to open up this time. The altar's open. If you have a fireplace, use the fireplace. If you have a couch, use the couch. So get on your knees and we'll pray to the Lord. And I'm going to play a song of invitation. by Thank you for their patience in, in what is going on. And I thank you for what you've done for us. I pray that we would uh, live for you and trust you and honor you as our Lord and Savior. Those of us that are Christians, Lord, I pray that we'd be faithful and lead others to Christ that don't know you. I pray that there's any lost that are listening and don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. I pray that they would today. I pray that they would now accept Christ. Trust him as the Ethiopian eunuch did. Uh, and because of Philip's obedience, trusted Christ and immediately showed his faith by baptism. I pray that we would trust you and honor and glorify you and be those the examples of Christians bold. And no, no matter what persecution, no matter what obstacles we face, we're facing some troubling times here, but we have the joy and we have peace in you. We have the peace that passes all understanding because we have Christ 
as our Lord, the Holy Spirit as our guide, and we understand that you have all things in control, and we trust you. Help us to represent. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.